0: Welcome to the show. I'm honored to be here once again with you this week. And the topic this week I'm going to be sharing with you is the essential art of non-negotiable self-care and soul care. And I'll share a little bit of a story and why this is coming in for me right now to teach. It's something I've been teaching for a long time and integrating in my own life for a long time. But I just recently kind of bumped up against one layer of resistance. And I was identifying, again, just another clever way the ego hijacks and runs with things to make things way more complicated. So intuition is really simple. And usually the guidance that comes in is moment-to-moment directions. And the ego loves to take it run with it. And then it becomes complicated. When that happens, we end up not following the guidance. So I'm going to share a story about how I got that insight last week, what happened for me, but also to give you some tools to help you create a non-negotiable self-care and soul care practice. And the reason I use the word non-negotiable is is essential. I use the word essential and I use the word non-negotiable on purpose. And I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about why that is in place And why it's essential for you to, when it comes to boundaries in general, especially around self-care, why they need to be essential and why they need to be non-negotiable. It's really easy, I find, for people to let healthy boundaries go, let them slide, let them fall away. It's challenging for people, I find, to set them in the first place. But it's that's a whole art in itself to be able to identify and set healthy boundaries. That's a beautiful art in itself. And that's a practice that everybody needs to be aligned with. Then there's the practice of actually maintaining and sustaining those healthy boundaries. That's a whole other ball game. That's a whole other part of the essential practice. Because you can set a healthy boundary, but unless you actually stand in it and hold steady in it, then those boundaries will get just walked all over and you'll end up just letting them go. They'll, they'll just kind of fall away. Healthy boundaries, when set from a place of love or from a choice for peace, are actually aligned and in service to everyone, including you. Now, it may not look like it's in service to other people, but when you follow guidance, when you're actually getting clear guidance that that boundary is meant to be set and you're coming from a place of love, loving guidance, then it's for everyone, even if it doesn't appear that way. Sometimes we can have these boundaries in place and other people will kind of push our boundaries or test our boundaries especially if we've been doing and kind of living one way with people in relationship and that we're changing how we are in relationship with them. They may still kind of bump up against our boundaries. They may push the envelope just to see how much they can get. And this is often subconscious. It's not, they're not maliciously trying to do that also, although some people do. It's often a a test in the way of like, well, it used to be this way. Why isn't, why isn't she bending or why aren't they, doing or reacting or responding the way they normally would, or they have been for years. When we start to change our relationship with people, when we change our relationship with self, our relationship with others starts to shift and change. And some people will allow that and embrace and come along for the ride. And other people will resist it because the more we shift and change within ourselves, the more it points to where they're meant to shift and change within themselves. So the resistance to your shift isn't generally about you. It's about them. It's about their resistance to making the changes that they need to within themselves. So today I'm going to go into diving deep into how to set healthy boundaries without guilt. That's essential. And how to hold steady and hold true to those boundaries. And the truth about boundaries as well in in who it's really serving. And it's not just you. So we're going to dive deep into all of those pieces. I'm going to share a little bit of my story from last week. And my intention really is about helping you stand up inside of yourself unapologetically and lead with your heart without compromise and without fear and worry and guilt to be able to really stand up inside of yourself and live the life you're meant to live and, and take the inspired action you're meant to take and share the messages you're meant to share and speak the words you're meant to speak and sing the songs you're meant to sing, play the music you're meant to play. My intention is really about creating these beautiful boundaries that are a filter for love so that you can stand in the knowing in your heart without your own ego getting in the way and especially without other people's egos influencing you. My intention is for you to be able to stand so solidly inside of yourself that you become unshakable. And in that space, the more and more you do that, the more and more confident you become, then... You inspire so many more people to do the same. It first needs to happen within yourself. So for me, the practice of self-care and soul care is is essential. It is non-negotiable. It has become non-negotiable. I learned the hard way. Of course, I hit the major brick wall many times along the way, especially with my health and with my physical body. So... When we have these practices in place, then we're able to actually be of service in the world and support those people in our lives to nur- nurture them without self-sacrifice, without losing ourselves, without becoming ill, without having disease fill our body because we're not taking care of ourselves and we're putting ourselves last on the totem pole. The whole idea of selfless service has been kind of hijacked by the ego and taken in a whole other direction where it's become self-sacrificing service. And that's not what it's about. We can be in service to others and still sustain ourselves. We can still be in service to self and others. It's both. It's not one or the other. You can't give from an empty cup. I often say we need to fill our heart first and give from the overflow. That's one of the principles in my book, Heart Led Living, 10 Principles That Shift Consciousness from Head to Heart. When we use that principle, fill your heart first, it's not selfish. It's actually self-love and love for others. Because if you are sustained energetically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and physically, then you can extend more. Without depletion, you can be in the world and be that vessel of love and be that messenger without hitting the wall or without collapsing or without pushing yourself so hard until you get to the point of exhaustion. It's not It's not about self-sacrifice. It's not even selfless service anymore. I, I shifted it to self-fulfilled service. So you fill your heart up with service, but you're giving from the overflow. So you have practices in place, non-negotiable, essential practices that are in place that you know because you've been guided around it. Your heart is leading you there and your body is telling you what it needs. It's always telling us what it needs. When we are guided from that place, we're totally taken care of. When we're coming from a place of love, we're totally taken care of. And so is everybody else. So the guidance that comes through our heart from the divine, that's life by divine, is in service to everyone, including you. You're included in that. So your self-care practices will come in if you follow your heart, if you trust your guidance. The challenge is, is that we go through the filter of our mind and our pre-programming our fear-based programming, and our subconscious hidden agendas and programming all influence our behaviors. So you may have a desire to incorporate a self-care practice, a soul care practice. But if your belief is you're not worthy, or your belief is you need to be of service at, at a sacrifice to self, if that's what you believed, if that's what you've been programmed to believe, or the ego has created a crazy ego dictionary definition in your subconscious mind, like a virus playing in the background that you're not aware of, then you will be overridden. The desire to have self care in place will be overrided by the subconscious program. So, there's a lot in this episode. I could probably teach you about a week's worth of material, but I'm, I'm gonna do my best to give you as much as I can today. If you want more information about The Ego Game of Opposites, which I'm talking about in the way of the subconscious programming, changing that hidden virus that the ego embeds in our mind, these crazy dictionary definitions that make no sense, but are actually leading to most self-sabotage, then you can check out my website and look for The Ego Game of Opposites. There's a free... Access to it for 48 hours if you want to for the streaming version. So you can access that on the website. And I would encourage you, if you haven't, go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. I've talked about the ego game of opposites. I've talked about our subconscious mind, talked about reprogramming that. I'm not going to focus on that today, but it's an essential piece of the puzzle here as well. So if you find yourself setting healthy boundaries and then sabotaging those boundaries, there's probably something in the subconscious mind you need to clear. For today, I want to talk about how what is what is your soul care, what is your self-care, and how does the ego kind of create these little hijacks to keep you from doing it? And how can you actually hold those boundaries without guilt? So last week, in the last couple of weeks, about probably about a month or so, I got guidance. Since I, I received some news. I can't share yet because the official announcement hasn't come out yet. But I received some news about an event in November and that I'll be speaking at. And I mentioned it to somebody and they said, oh, you should have your book, your next book, which is The Ego Game of Opposites. There's going to be a book around that ready for the time of that talk. And I it made total sense. I get it. I understand the concept of of marketing the two together, or putting the two together. Totally get it. And at the same time, it felt a, a little bit like a push because part of me was like, maybe I'll just write it when I actually go to Turks and Caicos next, because I I find the the writing there is very easy and flowing. And there's a lot of space for that. So that wouldn't be till November. But now I'm now all of a sudden I was feeling this pressure to have my book ready and launched and, and in print, ready to go for November, which is a pretty tight timeline. And I was open to it. I was curious about it. I just kind of offered it over to spirit and said, okay, you hold it. If that's what it's meant to be, I I will allow that. I'll, I'll be the vessel. I'll be the messenger. Show me the way. And every once in a while, I would feel this like discord or this heaviness around it or this pressure. I should be writing. I should be doing something. I'm like, no, Offered over. I kept giving it over. I kept offering it back to spirit to hold because anytime I'm carrying something or holding something, it feels heavy and a burden. So in my humanness, I want to pick things up and try and run with them. And that's the ego coming in of fear, trying to be afraid of the timeline or, or kind of embed some fear or anxiety around whether I'll be able to deliver it or not in that timeline or telling me I should be writing or that sort of thing, how I should be spending my time. So this was kind of playing off and I was offering it over, offering it over, but it kept coming back. So I know there was something, there was something that was there. Then every once in a while I would get this sense or this vision of going away for a couple days, just myself and being in nature. So kind of a silent retreat. Rejuvenating my energy and just kind of being resting in nature, and I would get the image, and then immediately I would go into my head. Now this is in hindsight; I'm seeing it. I would go into the thought process of, hmm, I wonder where I would go, and I'm like, oh, I could go to that place, but I'd have to book ahead. I don't know if they'd have space, and then there might be other groups there, so it wouldn't be as quiet. Oh, maybe I'll go to this place, but then that's really, that's a really expensive place. I'm not really feeling to spend that much money in a couple days and, and it takes a lot to get there. It just felt like a lot. So that's, that was my process. So then I'd let it all go and forgive it all and let it all go and hand it over to spirit as, as my guide and teacher to show me the way. And, but it would still kind of come back in Re- two day retreat, two or three days, in silence, in nature. I kept getting that. So it was interesting to kind of have that occur and not really kind of catch the ego in, in the angle it was taking until afterwards in hindsight. So what happened last week was I had, my plate has been full lately. It's felt full. There's lots going on. A lot of times I was waking up from four in the morning and I would meditate for a little while and then I would get kind of feel like I'd get pushed out of bed and I would start doing some, you know, writing on my computer or playing an ego game of opposites or whatever came in and journaling, whatever was, was guided in that moment. But then I started to see that I was actually pushing the envelope. I wasn't just like, I actually stayed up longer until I was like ready to fall back asleep instead of staying tuned in. I think the ego kind of took over and got me doing a few extra things. What ended up happening is my eyes started to get really strained and I started to have these weird like focus issues. So I'd be looking at something and it would be almost like a camera zoom, like zooming in out, like it would go zoop, zoop, like in and out of focus. And my eyes got really strained and tired. And I ended up going to see a um, physician for my eyes and they said that my lenses are quite small and the more time I spend in front of my computer it strains my eyes because my lenses are small and they have to work harder than other people's. So that's what was happening. And so I started to look at like, how much time am I actually on the computer? And it wasn't until I said to a friend of mine, we were sitting down having tea. And I said, you know, I, I I find myself sometimes on the computer for like 10 or 12 hours in a day. And she's like, what are you doing on the computer for that long? And (laughs) I paused and I'm like, that's a really good question. What am I doing on the computer that long? But what I was realizing is that waking up at four in the morning and then sometimes I'd go back and, and sleep, but most times I'd just go back, lie down, and meditate, and do my yoga, and then get up and go on with my day. So there was this real pocket of time where I was literally working on the computer from four in the morning till four in the afternoon, with maybe an hour or two here and there out of the way for lunch or shower or whatever. And I was suddenly feeling like I had to push to get a bunch of things done. Like these artificial deadlines came in and this pressure came in. And so last week around Wednesday, I felt this density rising. I felt this pressure happening. I felt this resistance. I kept getting this glimpse that I'm to go away for two days, but it felt impossible because how am I going to make that happen? And how's my family going to do and all these kinds of things. And I realized On Wednesday, that I got to a point of like it's non-negotiable. Like I need to go and I need to go now. It was so clear that I was about to hit a big wall. So I stopped, I took some breaths, and I tuned in and I said, okay, if this is what I'm to do, if I'm to go away, then show me. Because I don't know how. I don't I don't know how to do this. I don't know what it's gonna look like. I have some ideas. But I had to surrender over my ideas, my preferences, my opinions, all of it. I had to give it all over, forgive it all to spirit and just ask to be shown, what would you have me do? And what I was shown is to call my father-in-law and ask if I could just go stay on their boat for two nights. So that's what I did. And I called my husband and I said, I am leaving in about an hour. I'm going to the boat for two days by myself in silence I'm, I'm not gonna be communicating with anybody. I'm going to be offline unplugged and I just need to to do this. And he's always been like a solid support for me. and he knows my need for for to be alone. He understands that need for me to rejuvenate my energy and recuperate from the work I do. So he's like, okay you know, what do you need? I'm like, nothing. I'm just going to pack it all go. I just need you to make sure everybody here is good. And he's like, I got it. Go do what you need to do. So I left. And when I got to, within a half an hour of sitting at the local marina and sitting on the boat, being on the water, seeing the eagles fly by, birds go by and all the nature around me, I just felt this like like everything kind of fell away. And, and I just felt this like everything, the tra- the charge, the density, the intensity all just kind of discharged. It all just left. And I felt really calm and really centered and really clear. And then I started reading. I had a book that I was wanting to read. I, I did a lot of ego game of opposites. I was just meditating and being quiet and, and still and watching the water and watching the nature. And it was exactly what I needed. And everything shifted for me in that moment. It was interesting because I, when I look back now, so in hindsight, I can look back and see where I got the glimpse, I got the guidance to, to be in nature, two days, silent retreat, unplug. And then my ego came in and hijacked and ran with it. You could go here. You could go there. We could do this with all these plans and it made it complicated and I would let it go. And then it didn't happen. And then it would come in again. That's the guidance. And the ego jumps on it, runs with it, creates all these scenarios and all these objections and all these complications, all these reasons why it can't happen. And then it becomes complicated and I let it go. So what happened the last time is I kind of got to the point of it, like it's, it's non-negotiable now, you need to go. And I had to, I, I actually took a different approach. I really offered over my personal opinions, my ideas, everything I think I know and everything I think I don't know about what that would look like or not look like. And it was then that I removed the point of weakness from the ego and I kept the door open to the next step to come in. So what will happen is we're shown the step that's in front of us and the ego goes to the following steps after it and creates confusion or creates heaviness or complicates things. So that's the ego hijack. And I talk about that phase in, in one of my books, in my most recent book, The Evolution of the Ego, how to unwind your ego, embrace your humanness and embody your divinity. So in that book, I talk about the 10 stages and the hijacking ego is one of those stages. It's one of those phases that the ego uses over and over again. He hasn't used that with me for a while. So it was a little sneaky and it was very subtle. So I didn't quite catch it until in hindsight. So when it comes to having that awareness, that subtle discernment, that practice of subtle discernment or divine discernment is essential to be able to catch the ego when it comes in. So I kept feeling the discord. It kept feeling heavy. I was getting the glimpse, but then it would feel heavy. So I'd forgive it over. And in that let go, the ego kind of won because I didn't look at it again until it came came in as a glimpse. So that step in between that I was missing is I offer this over to you. I give you everything I think I know and everything I think I don't know about it. Show me the way. That keeps the mind wide open and it takes the point of weakness away from the ego. When I was away, I got really clear guidance around how to be at home in my world and sustain my energy. Because what I was feeling... And this is, might be what's happening with a lot of people right now with social media and all these different platforms, and all that, especially if you're an entrepreneur, especially if you're running a business and it requires social media pieces, which mine does. I have my membership, private member groups on there. I have my Intuition Academy groups on there. I've got other groups that I belong to that I support and that I'm part of. I also have you know the social media kind of sharing and messages and insights and spreading the word and spreading the love. So there's a lot happening, and what I recognized is that there's also a lot of expectation on the other side, and the more I tend to give, the more people expect, and in the past, one of my tendencies was to over-deliver, be over-generous. Now, I'm very generous still, but my generosity is coming from a place of guidance, not from a place of obligation or fear, which it used to. And it was disguised as caring. So it wasn't even like an obvious ego hijack. It was actually disguised as caring, being overly generous, over loving, that sort of thing, giving, giving, giving as much as I can. And, and that didn't actually serve because what I was doing was actually sprinkling the fear out there and, and delivering more than I was meant to. And that came at a cost for my own self-care and soul care. So what I was guided to do was to shift how I started my morning. So what would happen if I was waking up at four in the morning, a lot of times I would stay and I'd meditate for a while, and then I'd get up and I'd do some I'd be guided to do something. And then I would add on. I would stay up, I would do this, I would do that, I'd get a little extra work done, and then I'd have less to do during the day. But I ended up staying on the computer till four anyway, so it really didn't, I just added more things to do. So I was overworking at this point and my body was responding. My eyes were responding with with being overworked and feeling tired and going out of focus. When I tuned in on the day before I came back, I said, what would you have me do? How would you, what would you have me put in place that will support me into this place where I don't have to? hit the wall or don't have to learn the lesson with that intensity. And the message I got was to start my morning with a meditation, which I always do. I wake up, I'm kind of in and out of consciousness, in and out of sleep. And I meditate. Even the moment I have an awareness of waking up, I'm in meditation. Just that's, that's my default setting now. It's like meditation. And then physically getting out of bed, doing my yoga practice beside my bed. I have a mat beside my bed. And then doing a meditation again, I haven't done that before, ending my yoga practice with a meditation, 11 minutes, 11 seconds, very specific, 11 minutes, 11 seconds meditation. And I set a timer for this one, the other one, I don't set a timer. And this one allows me to integrate my practice and to start my day, putting spirit in charge, putting the divine in charge of my day. And I've done that. And I say yes to life. I've done that, but not in this specific order. So it felt different. The, the, the shift that happened, the other piece, so I have to share this piece because it was really important. And this was the non-negotiable piece that had to come in. I had to make it non-negotiable. Otherwise the ego would convince me or have kind of an opening to mm, tell me, oh, let's just do it this one time or it's okay this one time. It had to be non-negotiable because I needed to take the ego out of the equation completely. And that is no social media, no getting on my computer. I mean, no computer, no phone, no checking anything until after my meditation, my yoga, and my meditation. And then I got to extend it a little bit further where I would have no computer, no checking emails, no nothing on the, on the phone until after my shower, after I have my broth, so I do bone broth every morning, and I'm to sit on my outside deck on the back. So all these other pieces came in. Now, if I would have paused and said, okay, thank you for that guidance, and off I go, I would have stopped and missed this other piece of the guidance. And that's, I believe what happens with a lot of people is I've seen it with my community and in the Intuition Academy, I've seen people get guidance and then the ego, and then they stop there and then the ego runs with it or they stop there and they're like, thank you for the message I'll follow now. And meanwhile, spirit's like, I got two or three more things for you, but if you're not ready to hear them now, or if you're closing the door on me, then I'll wait. So spirit's very patient and it believes in our free will, our human free will so we need to so spirit will just pause and wait so in that moment where i'm like okay is there anything else is there anything else i don't want to miss anything here then i got shower broth on the back deck and the back deck sitting on the back deck for me because we're on a 20 acre farm i get to see the horses next door it's very quiet there's all the birds i saw a coyote the other morning walking by Uh, A hummingbird this morning came and fluttered right in front of me and buzzed, you know, that, that winging buzzing of their wings was just, I love it. And off he went and went to one of the flowers close by. So I have this connection with nature. I have a connection with mother earth. I feel a connection with all the elements and that really centers me. And even just the fresh air just really centers me. So I've been doing this for 3 mornings, 4 mornings now, and I felt so different. I feel so I felt grounded before, but I feel so much more grounded and so much more clear, and it's easy for me to make that choice these mornings not to go onto the phone and not to check my emails before that time has been spent for me. So this time, this soul care and this self-care is essential. For me to now go out into the world and do my work, and then I and I'm sustained. I feel different. I feel like I that fills my heart up. It filled my heart up to a point of overflow in the last three or four, four days, and that for me is is a game changer. I I need to have my body and my mind in alignment with my heart so that I can do this work because it requires a lot of energy for me to extend and do the healing work that I do. I'm constantly working with the energies of Mother Earth. I'm constantly working with my members and my clients. I bring them into my inner circle. I do a healing circle every day with them. I, if, the, if there's a full moon, I'm working with their energies and my energies every single day. And I work with the Mother, Mother Earth energy every single day. So there's a lot that I do in the background and a lot of people don't realize it, but it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot to hold space for all of that. And it requires a really, in some people's eyes, extreme self-care for me. So... My self-care is going to look different than your self-care. This is my story. This is my experience. And what I'm going to do after the break is help you identify what is your self-care practice? What are your non-negotiables and why do you need to make them non-negotiable? Why do you need to make them essential? And how can you actually put them in place without feeling guilty and setting those boundaries and, and letting people know what you need. So with my husband telling him, I got to go, i got to go for two days. He understands, he doesn't get it, but he understands that that's what I need. And he supports me in that. And the way he does that is because I've been able to communicate it in a way that he understands that this is what I need, even though he doesn't understand why or how or what it is, because it's different for him. So I'm going to share more after the break about all those things and help you create at least one or two things. You're going to commit to one or two things that you can do starting today or tomorrow to practice non-negotiable self-care and soul care. And I would love to hear how the practice then changes and shifts things for you because it certainly has for me. So. We'll be right back after the break and I'm going to share some more. The Heart Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique unschooling experience designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel, and the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance, including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at HeartLedLiving.com forward slash Intuition Academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash Intuition Academy. Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine and I am your host, Sue Dume. Today I've been talking about the essential art of non-negotiable self-care and soul care. And before the break, I was talking about how I'm going to share some of those ways that you can set these healthy boundaries, healthy boundary within yourself, but also to communicate these healthy boundaries with other people, because it's essential if you're in relationship to other people that you need to be able to communicate that. So for me, I have, you know, my husband's here, I have my two kids, they're older, so it's easier I have the three dogs, we have a horse, we have cats, we have like all these critters to take care of. There's a lot that goes on in my day-to-day world and to be able to communicate what I need and have others communicate what they need so we can honor each other's healthy boundaries is, is essential in when we're in relationship with other people whether you live on your own whether you live within a family unit or whether you live with just other people. And it's, it's one of those practices that's going to change how you experience your environment internally and externally. Now, when you first start to create these healthy boundaries, sometimes you might have resistance. I mentioned that earlier. Sometimes other people might be a little bit irked by you shifting and changing and behaving differently, because that's forcing them to look at what they need to shift and change. And sometimes it gets a little uncomfortable. But if you're able to communicate it in a way that they understand, then it's a little easier. When it comes to boundaries, it's important to figure out first, not figure out, but be guided around. I'll use a different terminology so you don't get in your head about it to be guided around what is it that I need? What do I need in the way of self-care and soul care? Even if it's just one piece of the puzzle first, you don't have to have the big picture. Just what's one thing that I can incorporate right now that would support me in sustaining my energy maybe aligning myself first thing in the morning or clearing myself at the end of the day, whatever it is that you feel you need. So if you pause for a moment and take some deep breaths and kind of tune in and say, okay, what's an area of need for me? What's an area of self-care that could come in? What's one thing that is showing up as resistance or it's become challenging for me. So some people, they have a hard time at the end of the night kind of unwinding or quieting their mind so that they can go into a sleep state. So maybe that last 15 minutes of the day is a point of weakness for you. And it's somewhere where the ego comes in and gets your mind going. Perhaps that's an area where you want to look at. Maybe it's first thing in the morning, you kind of bounce out of bed. Maybe you lay, you've already snoozed a few times and you're not actually, you know, aligned when you get up in the morning because you're rushing. So you kind of start your day already in this anxiety, state of anxiety. What is it, where is it in your day that you find that you could use a shift in how you operate and how you are, what what practices you're in, what, what practices you could integrate to change your experience? How can you change one thing throughout the day that will actually influence the rest of your day? the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of the day when you first start waking up or when you're just going into sleep is a really essential part of how our lives play out. So when we start the moment we wake up, the moment we have an awareness of waking up, we're conscious that we're awake even if our eyes aren't open yet. That first 15 minutes from that period of time is is kind of it kind of sets the mood for your day. And If you go right to emails, if you go right to something that kind of gets you all going, then you're going to feel that energy. That's kind of how you're setting the default setting you're put for the day. Let's put it that way. So you could change your default setting to something that would bring you peace or quiet or stress-free, feeling a sense of freedom. What is it that you want to invite in? Are you wanting peace? Are you wanting to feel centered and grounded? Then maybe there's a grounding practice that needs to come in first thing. So that first 15 minutes is key. What do you do when you first wake up? What, do you, what is your default setting? What do you do when you first wake up in that first 15 minutes? And is there something you can do differently that would support you in setting your day to start on a different note, to start on a, in a different energy? Then you can look at the end of the day. For some of you, might want to be looking at the end of the day. Are you able to fall asleep easily? Do you find that you actually are well rested? That last 15 minutes of before you actually close your eyes to go to sleep. And even in that time when you're lying in bed, that 15 minutes there will determine what you marinate yourself in for the night. So if you watch a really intense, violent movie, and then go right to bed, you're essentially going into sleep with that violent kind of energy and influence. Whereas if you took 10 minutes to meditate, or if you took 10 minutes to do some deep breathing, or if you did 10 minutes of reading something that actually inspires you and kind of calms you, then you'll marinate in that. You could do a gratitude practice right before bed. Just listing off things that you're grateful for. And you can do that with your partner or with someone, a friend or someone else. It's it's a practice. You could do it in a journal, a gratitude journal. Those types of things can support you in marinating in a different energy as you sleep. And that will determine how you sleep and how you rest. So when it comes to different soul care, different self-care, and I, I use those two interchangeably. Self-care, I look at like the physical self-care, the emotional, like on the inner humanness. We have the self-care that comes in on our humanness. And then we have that soul care that comes in to, to nurture our relationship with our spirit. And those two things, sometimes one thing can play both, in influence both. And then other times you actually have to have a practice that would support either or. So for me, the meditation and yoga actually supports both my physical body needs the yoga every day. I recognize that, that my physical body's highly sensitive and it's highly sensitive due to my gift and the way that I receive messages for other people and the energy that it requires when I'm doing that work. I need a physical practice and my yoga is one of those physical practices. Being in nature is one of those physical practices for my body as well as my spirit and my soul. So yoga does the same for my soul as well. So it's that connection to source in my yoga practice that is essential. So I bring both into those things. My chicken broth or my beef broth, whatever I end up, my bone broth in the morning, whatever I drink, is a choice for my physical body. That's my self-care. When I eat, when I drink it out on the deck, that's my connection to nature. That's my connection to God. That's my connection to source. And that then becomes self-care and soul care together. See where I'm going with that? For you, you can start with one or the other. You can start with one each, whatever feels good for you. The one piece I need you to really hear and understand is creating a non-negotiable practice helps you remove that point of weakness from the ego, remove that temptation to let it slide or to let it go, and it shows your commitment to your soul and your self-care. So when you set it up, make sure it's clearly guided It's coming from the heart, so it's coming from love, it's coming from that place of knowing, it's coming from spirit as your teacher. If you start a self-care practice and it's the ego telling you what you should do or shouldn't do, and it can be disguised as caring and love, it's tricksy sometimes. That's the evolution of the ego. When you are making a choice from fear, you'll you'll tend it's a point of weakness immediately. The ego's got an in right away. So to make sure it's clearly guided, you can use my Heart Yes Check-In tool on my website. It's free to use. You don't have to opt in. You don't have to do anything. Just go to my website on my homepage at the bottom. You can click on the Heart Yes Check-In tool and use it anytime you want to. So if there's a, if you're asking, am I meant to do a yoga practice? Is If you're feeling that it's guided to do a walk in nature every day, or if there's something that's coming in and you're not clear, then use that Heart Yes Check-In tool to discern your true heart yes so that you know it's coming from a guided place and not from ego disguised as love. Well. If you want that yes, heart yes check-in tool, it's part of my heart yes gift set. You can opt in and become one of our members. And there's three different levels of membership. One is free, one is the core level, and one is the expansion level. The expansion level, you have direct access to me and personalized guidance and actual like phone live phone calls with me every week. So there's different levels, but all those levels get the Heart Yes gift set downloadable Heart Yes check-in tool for you. So if that's something that you feel guided to to take home and and use on a regular basis, then that might be something that your heart needs to do. Now, when you are creating these practices and making them non-negotiable, you're committing to your soul. You're committing to the divine. You're committing to your physical body. So you're committing in your humanness and you're committing at a soul level to follow the guidance. And I'm just going to expand it a little bit further. When we set healthy boundaries, when we when we create these practices for ourselves, you can be wide open to a redirect around them. So you're not going to get into the non-negotiable and and it'll happen for the rest of your life. It's like right now it's non-negotiable until I receive different guidance. This is what it is. And you're standing firm in that and you're saying yes to that. And the energy of yes is very expansive and it actually ignites a lot of support on a universal level. When you say yes, you're going to feel the energy of no come in and the ego is going to want to convince you to follow the no. Oh, I can't do it. Oh, it's complicated or whatever else. Turn away from the no and feel the energy of yes. What you're saying yes to is your self-care and your soul care. What you're saying yes to is filling your heart so that you can give from the other overflow. So it feels in the beginning, it feels like you're doing it for you. And you are but in your mind, you might need to recognize that you're not only doing it for you, you're doing it for everyone. Because when you're in that place of self-care and soul care is kind of that foundations in place, you can be of service to others at a level that you wouldn't have otherwise been able to. So when you're actually filling your heart and giving from the overflow, there's so much more energy you can expend. You're more sustained, but they're more sustained because it's coming from this deep place of love and the divine is working through you as a force that is just way more powerful when you're in alignment in that space. The impact you have is way more powerful and felt on a deeper level. So when you're showing up from that place, you can be the messenger of love you can be the lighthouse you can be that beautiful beacon for other people and by example you're showing them how to love self and others how to care for self and others how to nurture self and nourish others or nourish self and nurture others. Either way, you can look at it. When we follow the guidance, the guidance that comes through our heart, not our head, that's that's conversation, that's what we think or what we don't think or what we know or what we don't know, what we think we know, It's the head process is influenced by our fear-based programming. When we operate from our heart, it's coming from our source, our soul, God the universe, the divine, whatever you feel comfortable calling it. And it's in service to everyone, everywhere, all together, all at once. Whatever guidance you get, which appears to be for you, is actually for you and everyone else. So this practice for me in the morning, in that particular order, doing those things right now, is allowing me to be of greater service to you and everyone else. So it's for me and for everyone. So the guidance that comes through your heart, whatever you're guided to do is for you and everyone. I need you to hear that because a lot of people don't like to do things for themselves. I know I never used to. I'm starting to recognize more and more how important it is. So the more and more you practice this, the more and more you serve self and others at the highest level. So it becomes an essential practice because you recognize the impact it has and it's worth it. It's worth setting those boundaries and it's worth bumping up against other people's resistance and standing solid in it. And it's worth moving through your own objections in your own mind and using the ego game of opposites to unwind any of the subconscious programming and to heal and quarantine and clear any of the subconscious programming that's actually stopping you from living the life that you're meant to live right now to leading with your heart and letting your mind come along And be the tool it's meant to be. All of it is essential. When you make it non-negotiable and you know that you're actually serving others and even when other people are upset or they don't like what you're doing or you're changing behaviors and, and it's making them uncomfortable, you can stand solid knowing that it's actually a choice for love. And in that choice for love, it's a choice for love for you and a choice for love for them, even if it doesn't appear that way. When you start to shift behaviors, it kind of forces them to look at theirs. And some people are really resistant to doing that. And that's okay. Don't take it personally. It's not about you. You need to stand solid in it and be able to communicate what you need. Some people, you'll be able to communicate it and they'll have an understanding. And some people, you won't be guided to communicate with them because they just, they're not going to be ready to hear it or understand. And others just, it's none of their business anyways. So be guided to who and how you're meant to communicate it as well. When it comes to family and setting boundaries, you need to put those boundaries in place. I have a client recently that I was working with and she's like, I have these, I have a headset. I don't know where it and like, because we needed it for what we were doing. And, and she's like, I, I have a, I buy a headset and then it disappears. I'm like, you need to buy a headset because she has a bunch of kids, right? So you need to buy a headset and make it very clear to everybody that this color headset, this particular one, put a label on it if you need to, is for my work. No one is to use it, period. When you set that healthy boundary and you're clear and you're firm, then and then you expect them to to follow through most times they will when you're firm and clear when it's guided and you're firm and clear no wiffle waffling no waffliness in the in it's like oh this is for my work so nobody touch it and even if you're no this is for my work nobody touches it period done and you can say that with love you can sprinkle it with love so my challenge for you this week is to find one or two things that you feel guided around to incorporate and integrate into your day that will allow you to create a non-negotiable self-care and or soul care practice. And if you come to my Facebook page, the Heart Yes Movement page and join there, or contact me some way on my website, heartledliving.com, And let me know what it is that you're doing. I would love to hear what it is that you're going to integrate. When we bring these things into the light of awareness and we share them with others, we actually activate them on a greater level. And when you create a commitment within yourself, that's one thing. But when you actually share your commitment in a safe space, like the Heart Yes Movement page on Facebook, then we can activate that for you and and ignite it even more. And what happens is you have a more solid commitment. It becomes non-negotiable as well because now you're accountable as well because you shared it in a safe place. So I'm going to encourage you to come find me on Facebook and share it with me. I would love to hear what you are going to be doing for your self-care and your soul care practices. So thank you so much, everybody, for joining in. I appreciate you, and I look forward to sharing more and more each week with you. In the meantime, I'm going to encourage you to look within, to pause, to lead with your heart, and to really let the guidance come through you so that you can actually be a brighter light in this world, because that's what the world needs is more. more of us to be lit up as much as we possibly can. I love you. I appreciate you. I honor you. I see you. Until next time. Namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heartland living community. At heartledliving.com. That is heart-led living.com.